We have the previous comments that were addressed in the shout outs and viewer mail episode over on the Clips channel. And uh, this kind of, <laughs> yeah, all right, let's just get there. Welcome, nerds, to your week in nerddom, right here on Generally Nerdy. In today's nerd news episode, we have a rumor mill that has run amok. We have Blade, Star Trek, and Halo just kind of dominating everything. There's a bunch of other rumors to get to, and actually there's a bunch of news between here and there, so let's get to it. First up is housekeeping. Uh, this week we will be returning to the Friday episode, so uh, the those of you that listen on the audio outlets, it will be a Saturday episode as per usual. Um, <clears throat> going back to the live format, we have uh, the first half of the Friday episode. We go through news headlines uh, in a live format so you can join the conversation directly. It is streamed on the YouTube channel, generally nerdy. Uh, so you can check that out. Join the conversation, and then the second half of the Friday broadcast, we do a little bit of gaming. And Overwatch 2 just came out, so we're probably going to be playing that a little bit. Uh, and very likely some more Shredder's Revenge, and probably some Halo and maybe Mortal Kombat. So it's going to be a full Friday night. Uh, if you are so inclined to stay in on Fridays, then you can join your own personal nerdy guy. All that being said, we are getting to the point where we will be doing, no longer be doing two episodes a week. We'll be just doing the one episode a week. That will be a live episode on Wednesdays. That's going to happen probably actually the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, I have some scheduling things that are coming up between now and then that are going to uh, kind of make it, we, we're going to jump the gun just a week early on that transition into the off season, as I like to call it. Uh, that is the time where I take all of the time I would be putting into the pre-show and getting updates for a new season rocking. So also, as it pertains to housekeeping in the individual episodes going forward, uh, we're going to be trying something a little bit new. And then when the next season rolls around next year, uh, it's probably going to become its own set of actual videos. And I'm uh, still working out a proper title for it. I something along the lines of that just happened. Whereas uh, I talk about things that have released or that I have watched in the last week uh, that are relevant to the current conversation as it pertains to the the news and such. Uh, so we will be rolling into that a little bit this week as well. That should be just about everything. Don't forget to check out the socials. I have been making some forward motion on all of the social media outlets, so you can go check those out. Just look for Generally Nerdy. Sometimes there's an underscore, sometimes it's all one word, but it's always got the Nerdy Ninja. Uh, you can check that out and join the conversation that way as well. And now let's get into news. All right, TV streaming is where we're at. Uh, let's start with the that just happened section, which is, again, just kind of the things that I have interacted with in the in the span of the last week that have come out. So in TV streaming, we got a new episode of both House of the Dragon and the first episode of Interview with the Vampire. So let's talk House of the Dragon first. Um, I thought it was 
effective in moving the story forward, effective in kind of really fleshing out these characters that we're dealing with in a lot of ways, in, and it worked super well. I think one thing that absolutely did not work, and I'm the majority of the internet, I think, would agree with me, is these weird day-for-night filters that they put on this episode. It was uh, a, an official announcement that it was, it was an artistic direction that they decided to go in. There is never, ever a good reason to do day for night filters, ever, unless it is a scheduling conflict and you are forced into doing it. There is never a good artistic reason to do that. I guess I should clarify because it always looks like garbage and you can always see where the sun is even though you're using these day for night filters and it always obscures the image that we're watching so it makes it much more difficult to tell exactly what's going on because your brain can't quite process all of the issues that are happening in front of your eyes. The other prime example of this, and I can't even remember the name of the movie, but it's the one that uh, uh, Will Smith did where it was the, he was the, the clone of himself. So there's old Will Smith and young Will Smith in the same movie and they're, they're both secret ag agents or whatever. I think it was uh, Ang Lee that was the director of that movie, and he shot the entire movie in 120 frames per second, which in and of itself is ridiculous. But uh, yeah, there is a very distinctive scene that is supposed to be happening at, in the middle of the night in that movie that is very clearly happening in the middle of the day because the sun is almost directly overhead. So it screws all of the shadows and any of the artistic things that might be going on in there just totally shot by the fact that the sun and the shadows don't correspond with what our brains are expecting. So very similar situation here in this House of the Dragon episode is the sun isn't quite overhead for the entire time, but it is very obviously up. <laughs> so the fact that this is supposed to be night does not play at all. It just looks like they got some schmutz on the camera lens and couldn't get it off for a while. And then when it transitions back to indoor shots, like your eyes have to adjust. So that's even more distracting. Again, even though we are learning a whole hell of a lot about these characters that is presumably going to be very important by the time we get to the end of this season of this show. So if you're, if you're doing this artistic de decisions with the image, Maybe do it on an episode that doesn't have as much uh, story uh, elements. <laughs> That's not the words to use. Uh, maybe do it on an episode that doesn't compel the story forward in such great lengths as this one does. So you have a little bit more breathing room so we don't have to be paying attention to the words being spoken. We can look at your visuals and then it won't be as distracting, I guess. But either way, like I said at the beginning of this, it's always a bad idea unless there are scheduling constraints that you cannot get around to do this. The only time I have ever seen this done in a way that makes any kind of sense was with the Shazam movie, the convenience store scene was shot in the middle of the day. It looks like it's the middle of the night because when they're in the store, they have day for night filters on the windows for the store, so they don't have it directly on the camera, so the camera is still processing proper color and then when they're outside of the convenience store, they actually shot that at night. So yeah, those are, yeah, just, oof, yeah, that's where we're at with House of the Dragon. But the other episode that we need to talk about 
Interview with the Vampire dropped its uh, first episode for this new series, and oh, we have a little bit to unpack here because we've been kind of building up to this show, right? So we have the previous comments that were addressed in the shoutouts and viewer mail episode over on the Clips channel, and uh, this kind of... Yeah, all right, let's just get there. So, uh, Interview with the Vampire, I've read all the books, except for the most recent two, and honestly, what are very likely to be the last two, at least the last two written by Anne Rice, as she has sadly passed. Um, so, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in these books, and at least the overall lore for the books, because it's been so long since I read the first book, I can't say specifically that I remember expertly the the very first book because I've read so much in this universe that kind of contradicts what happens in the first book because the first book is the only book that is told through the eyes of Louis. Everything else is told through the eyes of Lestat and he remembers things differently as he would because he's a different character. Um, so I, I'm... I'm processing this more through that prism of Lestat saw these saw things happen this way, and this is where every other story has built is from Lestat's point of view. So when we get the changes from Louis, it, it, there's a little bit that I had to kind of look up and process and, and really kind of analyze and think about. So that being said, I think that this version of this story is fantastic. I, I, I'm not going to go so far yet to say that I love it. Um, I love the setup. I love that we get a fully fleshed out Louis. We see his family. We don't just get told about his family. We actually see the bonds that he has with his family in this. Totally works. Now, the elephant in the room as it pertains to Louis. There have been a number of dramatic changes. So somebody in the comments section of uh, one of the other videos said something along the lines of, oh, they're just, uh, uh, what is the set dressing? It's it's just, it's, a, it's superficial, it was the implication. The, the changes that they've made are superficial. I wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> there There is nothing superficial about changing the century from which this person originates from. In the book, Louis uh, comes from the 18th century. He comes from New Orleans is where he meets Lestat, which it happened. That's how it happens here in the series as well. But it's from 1780. So in this series, it's 1910. That is a hundred and thirty years difference. A lot of history happened in that time. Uh, so that's, I think, the biggest reason why this series works or at least the very first episode, I can't speak for the series, but the very first episode works so well is because it does take into consideration who the actor is playing this character. And because the actor is a person of a certain skin tone and it is historical fiction, in order to make it believable historical fiction, you have to address that issue. And they do that. They do that well. They do that perfectly. There, I only, I seriously only have one issue with this and we're going to get to that. Uh, but yeah, so once you, once you understand that they have very explicitly changed the nature of Louis and they make it, so a lot of people say this and I don't think uh, that a lot of people, uh, 
I think this is a thing that people say because other people say it and not necessarily a thing that they honestly believe. But a lot of people say that uh, uh, Brad Pitt's Louis in the movie was a lot more quote unquote emo from the Louis in the book. I would tend to disagree, but not greatly disagree. Yes, uh, Louis is very, is characterized very differently in the book than he is in the original movie. I will, uh, I will definitely give you that, but he is still weak. <laughs> He's very timid. He is, he is not, he is the kind of in a lot of ways, the antithesis to Lestat, which is the point. Um, in, in a lot of ways. This new version of Louis, uh, I, and, and I didn't put down the actor's name again, even though I love this guy. I think he's so great, especially now. Um, this new version of Louis is so much more headstrong and is, is definitely like you can see him break. And I think that's the thing that people are talking about how they, they quote unquote nailed it from the book to the series versus the book to the original movie. Cause in the original movie, we don't get a lot of strength from that character. We get a little bit of it in the book. We get a whole heaping truckload of it in this series. And that is what makes Louis a well-rounded character, something that Anne Rice was very not able to do the first two times around. So th this is, I think, my favorite iteration of this character, Louis. So yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> there have been a significant amount of changes, but they work super well, super, super well. And, and so you can see the strength. You can see where this character is and where, and how he got there and why he is this, this kind of callous version of himself. And then you see that break at the end of this episode and you see him just torn apart. And Lestat swoops in because Lestat is the orchestrator of that breakdown. Lestat is the one who caused all of these things, horrible things to happen in Louis's life. And then he gives him effectively no choice but to join him in his greatest moment of weakness. And that is exactly the characterization of Lestat that I had in my head from reading the books. So yes, in that respect, I agree with the people in the comment section who said, oh, they've nailed it. Yeah, I, Lestat is 100% the Lestat that I remember reading, for sure. Physicality and characterization, both. I think Sam Reed, I, I, I'm sorry that that's the only, the only actor's name I remember. I think Sam Reed is doing great things with Lestat, but I think that, uh, Johnson, I think that the, the other dude's name is something Johnson. Uh, he, I think that his portrayal of Louis is even better than Lestat's because Lestat is exactly who he is in the book, but Louis is something original unto himself. And I think that's even better because it's a more believable character. Okay. So the issue, the one issue that I do have with this, uh, as of the first episode is the sexuality of these vampires. So I don't care that they're being portrayed as gay necessarily. I think that when you portray these vampires as quote unquote, uh, I think he called, he said the word homosexual. <laughs> um, I think that's missing the point. If you were to put a word on the sexuality of the vampires in the books that Anne Rice wrote, I think the more appropriate term for the sexuality of the vampires is 
pansexual because they don't care what the gender or anything like that is with the uh, person that they're romantically or otherwise involved with. What is important to them is the beauty of this creature as well as the desirability of this creature. And it has nothing to do with plumbing. It has everything to do with what's in their ears and how their blood tastes or between their ears, I guess I should say. So the to to and maybe we're going to get to a point in this series, I'll leave this door open for sure. Maybe we're going to get to a point in this series where uh, Louis kind of redefines and says, well, it's I'm a, I'm just attracted to beauty because that's the way Lestat portrays it. That's the way, if you if you go back and read Memnock, he falls in love, Lestat falls in love with a woman in Memnock, a human woman, no less, in Memnock. So uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like we're missing the point a little bit because they're obsessed with beauty, not sex. And in this show, it's more just the sexy bits and not as much the beauty, especially because Lestat kills whatever. Uh -huh. So yeah, there's, there is a minor issue I have there, but even that, because if you consider it that it is a different version of this story, then if that's the way they go forward with it, I mean, I'm still probably gonna have a little bit of an issue with it, but it works either way. So not a major issue at all. But uh, that is what, just happened. So let's get into the actual news of the day, shall we? Oh, I've I've just rambled about television shows for a moment. I I need to I need to reconsult my notes. All right. So follow-ups. We're gonna we're gonna get into the news. Starting follow-ups. We have a casting announcement for the Time Bandits series that Taika Waititi is going to be producing. Lisa Kudrow has been brought in to for an undisclosed role at this point into the Terry Gilliam remake that is going over to. Netflix. We're going to keep uh, right along with casting announcements. We got casting and visuals for the following characters in the Titans series as of season four. We got Brother Blood, Mother Mayhem, and Jinx. Brother Blood will be played by Joseph Morgan. Uh, Mother Mayhem will be played by Franca Potente. And uh, Jinx will be played by Lisa Ambalvanar. I know I mispronounced that wrong, or I know I pronounced that wrong, I apologize. Uh, and the suits that were made that you should be seeing on your screen if you're watching the episode uh, are from Team LJ Supersuits who have uh, been making suits for CW shows and the, the Warner Brothers shows for some time. So they look really great. I really, really dig that brother, brother Blood and the Jinx. I think they're freaking phenomenal. Uh, but this also gives us the idea of where they come from. So these suits are being modeled off of, actually at the very least the Brother Blood and I believe Jinx as well, are being modeled off of the current comic book for the Titans, which is being written by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Uh, this just looks phenomenal. This I'm super stoked for season four. I kind of have to play a little bit of catch up with the Titans show, but yeah, gonna be great. And, and these suits look fantastic. Next, we have Dune Sisterhood has also announced some new casting. We have Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson have reportedly been cast in the series as the two leads. They're going to be playing two Harkonnen sisters who the series is going to be revolving around. Now, if you'll remember that the Dune Sisterhood Sisterhood series that is coming to HBO Max is going to be a prequel, not a direct prequel, is going to be taking place roughly 10,000 years before the events of the movies that are currently going on as directed by Denis Villeneuve. So, uh, yeah, 
Super stoked about this. I think any adaptation right now of Dune is going in a fantastic direction. I think the casting here, uh, not super familiar with either of those actors uh, offhand, but uh, I, not going to be bad, I don't think at all. Uh, next up on the follow-ups list, we have Frasier. Uh, no longer just a, a pilot episode. It is going to full series as ordered by Paramount Plus before we even see a pilot episode. So that's good. I also heard a rumor that we're not going to cover in the rumor section because rumor section is a whole beast unto itself this episode. But I also heard a rumor that this new series is going to circumvent the fact that we're not going to be getting all of the uh, characters from the original series returning by putting Frasier in into a new city. So that could be interesting, uh, if that's true at all. And then we have our final, oh, and this one makes me really sad. Our final follow-up in the TV streaming section is that it, the Grendel series on Netflix that was supposed to be based on the Dark Horse series by Matt Wagner has been canceled. All of that in spite of the fact that apparently they were done with pr principal photography and they were moving into post-production. So that means that it very well could be shopped around to a different uh, uh, streaming service. So hopefully, and we will definitely be keeping tabs on this one, hopefully we will see Grendel in the future, but it will not be coming from, from Netflix. So that is what we have for follow-up. So let's get into trailers. We got two new trailers. First up is, uh, and actually both trailers come from Netflix and both are series that we've been keeping tabs on. So the first one is, I believe, the final trailer for Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, October 25th is when this one launches, so we have about three weeks before we get to watch it. But oh my God, the cast in this show. Each episode, uh, it's an anthology show, so each episode is going to be a standalone episode. But Wow, there are so many big names in this. I can't even list them here. Go watch the trailer and see how many you can find. Uh, next is Unsolved Mysteries, Volume 3 is going to be coming out in three spurts. We have uh, October 18th for the first three episodes, October 25th for the second three episodes, and then November 1st for the final three episodes for volume three of Unsolved Mysteries. And again, new trailer getting a little more in line with what we expect from OG Unsolved Mysteries, where there's a bit more of the bizarre and potentially supernatural involved. At least that's what they're leading us to believe with this new trailer. So could be awesome. Let's keep tabs on that. Uh, and then we have no regular ass news because again, we are getting towards the end of the year and such things generally don't happen quite as fre frequently in these final three months. So uh, let's get into TV streaming suggestions and just to wash the flavor out of your mouth of that silly Netflix Monsters show, I am going to recommend The Monsters. You can watch it. There's a whole channel dedicated to the monsters over on Pluto TV. So go check out some monsters action there. Or if you have the DVDs, I, I don't know where else it might be streaming, but go check out the monsters because you gotta, you gotta appreciate where it comes from because the, the where it is now is not even half as good. So that is your recommendation for the week. So jumping into the movies section, we have one piece of uh, uh, that just happened. 
<laughs> I, I like I kind of like that phrase as a title when it becomes its own series, but as it stands right now, it seems a little awkward. So maybe it'll get a little work on it. Maybe we'll just skip it. I don't know. Either way, uh, Hoax Pocus happened this past week. It, it launched over on Disney Plus, and we did watch it here at Generally Nerdy. So we're talking about it because... It was better than anticipated, not gonna lie. It, this, it does not suffer as much <laughs> from uh, the, the modern remake legacy-sequel situation in that it doesn't play beat for beat everything that happened in the first movie, just with potentially different actors or minor differences between the two. There are definitely similar beats. There are definitely callback jokes that happen in this. Some of them fall very flat. Some of them don't work nearly as much as they should. And some of them definitely had water coming out of my nose. So it's a it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, in general, this was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I can say without a doubt that the original is probably easily 10 times better than this one. That's not to say that this one is bad by any stretch. It's just, it seems that they missed the point of the humor in the original, which seems to be a trend with um, movie legacy sequels of, of late. <laughs> See the monsters for an example of that. Good Lord. Um, but yeah. So Hocus Pocus 2 is is worth a watch just to see a better version of the Legacy sequel, a better way to do a thing that still hits on the beats, that still reminds us of why we like the original, but does its own thing in a lot of ways. Uh, the... A lot of the so the, the a lot of the issue with legacy sequels in this vein is that all of the beats happen at roughly the same time in in the same order as the original, right? That was the issue with Star Wars. Uh, that's been the issue with a number of of other projects. Uh, I, uh, Creed, I think, was something in in along those same vein, uh, but. This one, again, it does hit some of those same beats, but none of them happen at the exact same time in the overarching story. They, they kind of really front load. All right, these are all of the callback jokes, and these are all of the beats we hit in the, in the first movie so that we can get that out of the way and then get to where we want to go. Uh, it is fairly transparent. We do see... Uh, a lot of the ending, you'll, you'll see it coming before it actually happens. Um, but it, this is a movie made for kids that uh, adults can also appreciate. And I think in that regard, they definitely executed exactly what they were trying to do. So mild recommend if you want to go check out a new Halloween movie. This is definitely something that's going to be added into my yearly rotation. We'll probably watch it once uh, a year, whereas we watch the original Hocus Pocus like three to five times every year. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where that stands. That's what we've got for that just happened. So let's get into the actual follow-ups and news and things. So uh, follow-ups, Nosferatu, this movie that they're remaking that uh, we've been keeping tabs on since it was announced. Not much has happened since the announcement, but now we have casting announcements. Uh, our first one is Bill Skarsgård, who is going to be playing Count Orlock, who is the Dracula, effectively, for this story. Not effectively, he is Dracula. That's where Dracula comes from, is the, um, yeah. In a lot of respects. I mean, obviously I know the actual history of Count Dracula, but yeah, the, the characterization of Orlock is 
the it's kind of the two whatever. <laughs> so we have uh, yeah Bill Skarsgård as Orlock, and then Lily Rose Depp is going to be playing the love interest. I can't remember her name. It wasn't in any of the press releases. It was just that she's going to be the female lead and he's going to be the male lead. So pretty obvious there. Uh, that is all we have on that. Next, we're talking about Blade, uh, the new Mahershala Ali movie that is coming into the MCU was supposed to be happening this year, has now been pushed back to sometime next year. Uh, we called this in the last episode, though. We were talking about how uh, Star Trek was pulled off of Paramount's release calendar because they lost their director. Well, Bassam Tariq has left this project. He was the director for Blade, and now they have to push it back because they don't have a director. So things change when your uh, director changes. Uh, that being said, that's all we've got on that one. Next, let's talk. Oh, that's all the follow-ups we have too. Whoops. Next, let's talk about trailers. We got a new Black Panther trailer to talk about. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, November 11th. This one's been a little controversial because there's rumors surrounding this, but in the very least, it shows us that there is not uh, who we thought, at the very least, inside of that suit. Um, it is going to be a female, at least at some point in the course of this movie, there will be a, a female inside of the Black Panther suit, and so people are speculating, and we again, we have a rumored piece about this that we're going to go in much more detail but the trailer looks pretty great go check it out uh, people are also saying it looks like there's two black panthers in this trailer i don't see it but maybe you do so let's talk about that in the comments down low and yeah now let's get into actual freaking news uh first up is armor wars the once disney plus series is now going to be a movie uh i did not see the date on this and i should have because because I know it's been released, so I'll put it up on screen for those of you watching. Um, I'll try and maybe insert an audio bit for everyone else. If not, we'll follow up on it next week. But it has been moved to a movie and not a series, which is interestingly kind of a downgrade in this weird day and age that we're uh, that we have uh, content uh, to devour through because. A series means you get at least six hours to tell your story. A movie means you get at most three hours to tell your story because nobody's going to put anything longer than three hours in the movie theater. And being as this is a supplemental story, I understand, leading into something bigger, it's probably not even going to be that long. So you're looking at more like two and a half, uh, two to two and a half hours to tell this story. So yeah, it's a, it's a significant downgrade, though theoretically means a larger budget. So it's a weird trade-off as far as, but the, as far as the storytelling is concerned, this is definitely a downgrade. So very interesting there. Let's move next to American Pie. There has been an announcement that there is a new American Pie movie in the works. Uh, it is going to be directed by Sujata Day. I don't know who that is, but she's the one who broke it on Twitter. 
She's going to be directing this movie. Uh, no word on casting or anything else like that, so we will be keeping tabs there. We also have, oh, this is kind of a uh, uh, refutation to a rumor that nobody really thought was a rumor. Uh, Bruce Willis, uh, if you remember, well, I don't think we talked about it on the show because I wanted to get let a little bit more develop before we actually talked about it, is Bruce Willis is not, in fact, licensing his likeness to an AI company in order to keep his acting career going in a similar vein as to what we did cover previously with James Earl Jones licensing his voice to an AI company. Uh, Bruce Willis is just straight retiring according to his people. He is not trying to sell his likeness so that he can continue getting the acting money even though he's not doing the acting, which is very interesting, but yeah, yeah, it, it comes directly from him. So it's gotta be true, I guess. If more breaks on this, we will be keeping tabs. But otherwise, let's get into our final section for every section, and that is movie suggestions. This week's suggestion, keeping in line with the Halloween theme, as well as the fact that the new Hellraiser movie comes out next week or the week after, I can't, I'm pretty sure it's next week. <laughs> We're gonna say Hellraiser, go, ch go check out the original Hellraiser. This is honestly the only one that I can really recommend in the entire series as being good for reasons that aren't silly. <laughs> because almost every other Hellraiser movie in the series, and I believe there's 10 of them at this point, is, uh, good for bad reasons. <laughs> this one, I would say, is probably what... I mean, there might be one other one. I might be misremembering certain things, but definitely the first Hellraiser movie came out in like 1987, I believe, uh, is worth a watch, keeping in mind that it did come out in 1987. And so certain things probably aren't as scary as they once were, but it is still rather well executed. So go check out Hellraiser, the OG, this week for your recommendation. Now let's talk rumor mill. We keep alluding to it this whole episode, so now we gotta jump into it. Uh, we have a little bit of everything for the rumor mill this week, so let's just get to it. First up, we have confirmation refutation. This is another refutation. If you remember, we just refuted a rumor about Bruce Willis that nobody really knew was rumor. Now we have a rumor about Elizabeth Olsen getting cast in season two of House of the Dragon. So this is technically only a partial refutation, but either way, Elizabeth Olsen has said that she has not been cast to come into season two of House of the Dragon. So maybe someone got their information twisted and knew that uh, HBO Max was looking to cast her in some role for season two and there's interpreted that as, oh, she's gonna be in season two. And that's potentially what happened because Elizabeth Olsen's like, nobody's talked to me about this yet. Uh, as far as the other half of that rumor that we talked about previously, uh, Henry Cavill being cast, still potentially on the table. So there you go. Uh, that is our only uh, refutation or confirmation. We have a new source as well. I alluded to this in the movie section as well to also Tambien. For Blade, the new Blade movie, we've talked about this previously. Rumor is that the Blade, the storyline is going to be uh, two different timelines. It's going to be one story that takes place in two different times. And we have new sources saying that this will be the case. That, uh, that being said, we're not giving this any sort of like increased likelihood because it, we, it was already fairly strong to begin with. 
I don't think this new source is any more reliable than the sources we got it from before. So it still sits, I believe it was like a 70% or something, but that's where it sits right now. So let's get into brand new rumors, shall we? Our first one, our biggest one, I think for the episode has to do with the new Thunderbolts movie. If you remember previously, Thaddeus Ross, the uh, leader of the Thunderbolts team in the comic books, General Thaddeus Ross even, uh, previously was played by William Hurt. Sadly, William Hurt has since passed and is no longer able to play the role, obviously. So how are we going to do a Thunderbolts movie without the leader of the Thunderbolts team? Well, there are a number of ways, and this rumor wants us to believe that they're just going to recast the role of William Hurt with none other than Han Solo himself, Harrison Ford. That's right, they want us to think that Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross is going to be played by Harrison Ford, and therefore, the Red Hulk is going to be played by Harrison Ford. Um, this one comes from really solid sources. So, it really, yeah, I, it, this, I, I honestly think this is going to be one of the times that these very solid sources are incorrect because I'm giving this about a 40% likelihood that we're going to see, uh, uh, Harrison Ford as Thaddeus Ross, Red Hulk. Um, will they recast the role of Thaddeus Ross? Potentially. They didn't do it with with T'Challa because they had an easy out because in the comic books that character or the the title of Black Panther has been held by multiple characters beyond just T'Challa. So sure, let's do it that way. But Thaddeus Ross is Thaddeus Ross. So how do we do that? I think they're going to go a different direction with who leads the Thunderbolts. With it, a lot of that remains to be seen. That's all we're going to speculate on. Let's move right along. Our next one has to do with <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. There are rumors floating around that there's going to be a remake of this Mortal Kombat inspiring movie. And I think that it would be fantastic if they did such a thing. I just don't think that they're going to do such a thing. And honestly, my percentage here is a little high just because I think it would be great if they did this. I just don't see a reason why they would. So we're going to say 35% likely that this will be a thing, a remade Big Trouble in Little China movie. I just, I just don't see a reason. And right now with money being the way it is, you kind of need a reason to do such a thing. Uh, so let's move next to, uh, we have a series of Halo rumors. So first and foremost, we have two specific Halo Infinite rumors. First of these Halo Infinite rumors is that, uh, there are, there have been a number of rumors, and honestly, Sean W. is the one who broke this over, he's got his own YouTube channel. If you like, you know, video game stuff, then he's a good guy to watch. But, um, there, they, he kind of started this, and then there have been a number of other outlets that have been talking about it, in that they're going to be changing engines, potentially, for this game. Uh, they're moving from Slipspace Engine which is their in-house engine that they built at 343 Studios, and they're going to be now adapting Unreal Engine 5. So this one kind of plays in, in multiple 
directions because the rumor in and of itself makes sense if you consider the the atmosphere of work that Microsoft likes to harbor, likes to encourage with their development studios in that most of the labor done is done by outside sources. They effectively bring in a bunch of interns, work them to the bone for three months. Once their three months are done, they're all released because they're not brought on as full-time employees. And then another new batch comes in to do the grunt work again. So with that in mind, a lot more people in the industry know the Unreal engine very, very well, whereas Slipspace is proprietary IP, so not as many people know it, so a good chunk of those three months is these new people learning this engine, which explains a lot of why they've had so many freaking troubles getting this game to where the community thinks it should be, where it probably should have been when it launched. Uh, that being said, that that has led to other things of speculation in that Halo Infinite is going to be abandoned because they're switching engines. They're going to move into this new engine and people don't know how gaming development works. And so it doesn't make sense that you have a game functioning in two different engines where I, which I would tend to agree. But that also is based on the assumption that they are actually moving engines where the last official update we got, granted it was three months ago, the last official update we got from 343 was that Slipspace was very much still in rotation. It was very much still the, the, the gaming force behind this game, which is their only game that they're doing. So I'm going to give this one a 50% because there is good reason to do this. This is a fairly good source, but there is also good reason not to do this, and that is they have a AAA title built on a different engine right now. Makes Only makes sense uh, that you would stick with that engine, at least for the life cycle of this title. The other Halo Infinite specific rumor that we have uh, has to do very much more specifically with Bonnie Ross. Remember, Bonnie Ross was the lead for 343 Industries. She was the uh, CEO, I believe, to some degree, at least as far as when it came to development and, and community and all that stuff. She recently quit. Uh, there has been confirmation that yes, she did in fact leave for family reasons. She had to take care of a sickness or something in the family, uh, which seems to be a very temporary reason to leave your job. Uh, but you know, if it's something that requires a lot of attention, then it could be a number of months or even years before she could be to a point where she can return to the workforce. So that being what it is, the rumor here is that because it is a temporary reason to leave a job and because Microsoft is currently trying to purchase other video game developers, very specifically Activision Blizzard, Bonnie Ross is going to be welcomed back into the fold of the Microsoft umbrella and going to be put in as the head of that studio when she returns. So she will no longer be with 343. She will be the head of Activision Blizzard. I think this, again, would be a good thing. Uh, it is rumor based on rumor because there is no confirmation, no uh, official confirmation, I should say, that Bonnie Ross has left for these specific reasons, uh, aside from what she herself has said, so I guess it's better than most, but uh, it it just, I don't know, there's, there's a lot at play here. This is also assuming that uh, 
she's not going to go back to 343 as something else in that company. So there's a lot of rumor based on rumor here. So we're going to give this one a 40% likelihood just because I think it's slightly less likely. Our next rumor has to do with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, yeah, so this is the one that we were talking about again in the movie section. Uh, Black Panther, the two... Black Panther's rumor. Let's let's address this right now. Um, will there be two different characters who wear the suit in the movie? Probably. I would put that at a very high probability. As far as will there be two Black Panthers, like the rumor suggests, by the end of the movie? Probably not. <laughs> there will, I, I would be very surprised if we do not see two different characters donning the mantle, or at the very least, the armor of the Black Panther in this movie. In the first movie, we got two different characters with Black Panther armor, so again, probably going to happen again in the future. Now, will there be two different Black Panthers involved with the story? By the end of the movie, no, I think there will be a singular Black Panther. One character will wear that mantle, uh, regardless of gender, that's irrelevant. One character will wear that mantle. I kind of hope it's Shuri, not gonna lie. But either way, that is going to be the way the movie ends as far as I'm concerned. So likelihood that we will have two Black Panthers active at the end of this movie, I'm gonna put at about 30%. Just because I've heard it from so many sources, I can't uh, deny it outright. I can't just shoot it down with, with uh, the amount of confidence that I would like. So 30% is where that sits. And then we're talking about Midnight Club uh, gaming rumor. Midnight Club LA is reportedly going to be getting a remake. Uh, remake is somewhere in development, according to leakers even. People who have been able to access information digitally that I didn't quite understand how they came to this information. But again, very solid sources. We have seen evidence of this from these sources, so they have physical evidence to back it up, so that kind of lends in their favor. Midnight Club is a dead franchise, so whoever owns the rights, I'm sure, sees an opportunity and they might want to take it, so we're putting this one at about 60% likelihood. We will be seeing a... Uh, I, I'm More actually, 60% from Midnight Club LA, because again, that's specifically what the leaker's talking about, but I think if the, the more probable option here is that there's going to be a new Midnight Club game. Because when you remake a race car game, like, it just becomes its own thing anyway. So why not just make a new property in this series, right? That seems to make a little bit more sense to me, but I don't know. I'm not a game developer. I can't say specifically. Our next rumor is another video game rumor, and this one has to do with Multiverses, a game that uh, I probably need to put a little bit more time into, not gonna lie. Uh, this one has to do with the Joker joining the lineup, and specifically Joker joining the lineup as voiced by Mark Hamill. The, the, the Mark Hamill thing, I think, is the reason why we didn't go higher. But we have every reason to believe there have been a number of leaks at this point that have kind of shown that the artwork exists for the Joker in this game. Uh, the Mark Hamill thing, uh, he has said kind of mixed things about playing that character in the past as far as when he wants to revisit the character usually has to do with something you know, quality storytelling or something along those lines. So being as there's no real story behind the Multiverses game, 
That, I think, is why we're not going any higher than we are, but we are going significantly higher than every other rumor in this episode. 75% likelihood that we will be seeing the Joker in this game, and I think if you want to get specific about the Mark Hamill piece, I would drop that just a little bit more to about 65% for Mark Hamill specifically. I think it's a little bit more likely that they will put the Joker in with somebody else voicing him, as sad as that might sound to most of us. Uh, our next rumor has to do with Star Trek. This one is kind of building off of the stuff that we were talking about in the last episode. This rumor is the obvious rumor that I think a lot of people were expecting, and that is that Star Trek has been completely removed from and canceled by all things Paramount. So we will not be seeing any more Kelvin Timeline movies. I think this is a hater's wet dream. I don't think this is going anywhere. Uh, it comes from fairly weak source. I'm putting this one 25% that they have canceled Star Trek for. I feel like the hype that they were building was far too effective in, in, in where they're wanting to go with this. I think as soon as they find a new director, we'll get another release date and this rumor will be squashed outright. Uh, and then our next one has to do again with Halo. Like I said, we have a number of Halo uh, rumors. This one is not Halo Infinite necessarily, at least not according to the rumor. So there has been a patent out on the interwebs that has been filed by Microsoft, specifically by 343 Industries, which is a uh, uh, subordinate company to Microsoft, and that is for something called Halo The Endless. This was filed, I believe, a number of months ago, and then the uh, patent filing has since been updated and specified in a number of directions that has led multiple people and multiple insiders, quote-unquote, to talk about the likelihood that The Endless is the next Halo game, that they're going to be abandoning Halo Infinite because some of the vocabulary kind of says certain things. I, I don't remember because I don't think it's legit, but uh, says certain things that are lending these insiders to believe. Yes, in fact, they are going 100% in that direction. They're going to be abandoning Halo Infinite because it was such a horrible rollout. They're going to be adapting this new Unreal Engine 5 and creating a an all-new property in that. Um, there is also vocabulary in this the patent that says very specifically it's going to be DLC. So I did, we're, we're going 25% likelihood with this one as well because every official word we have got from 343 Industries. They actually just posted another one of their little uh, teaser things for Forge up on their official YouTube channel. You can go check that out. Uh, everything we've been getting from this is that we're still running in this current engine. Will the next Halo game be also made in Slipspace Engine? Probably not. I would say it's very likely that would be the case going forward, but we still have a lot of ground to cover with Halo Infinite. And as it stands right now, that is still being done in slip space. Uh, the rumored uh, Battle Royale mode for Halo Infinite, I think there is a way that they can work that into Halo, uh, the, the Halo Infinite dashboard effectively, and also build it in a different 
engine. I think there is a, a way to bridge those things because the battle royale mode is would be in a way a standalone situation. I, there's not a whole lot of information I think that you could transfer over to that from the regular multiplayer into the battle mode. It just wouldn't make sense. So yes, I think maybe the Tatanka project, which everyone at this point believes is the battle royale mode, uh, I think that might be uh, getting developed into uh, a, a different engine, but as far as Halo Infinite, we still have a few years left be, that they're going to be supporting this game. Again, 25% likelihood that we are going to be seeing The Endless as a brand new game. I think The Endless is going to be a story DLC, which is coming way down the road according to the really poor uh, roadmap we got from 343 Industries. And that Nerdy Legion is the end of the episode. If you want more on comics and comic culture, you can jump over to nerdylegion.com and see all of the other podcasts we offer on the subject. Or if you want to go deeper into the news, you want to join me on my generally nerdy adventures, you can join me at youtube.com slash generally nerdy on my personal page. Thank you very much, nerds, and we will see you next time.